0: Open your Bibles with this morning, if you would, in Luke chapter 1, the first chapter of the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, looking at the Magnificat again, talking about what two women knew, trying to imagine what these two young women thought and learned as they were used by God. We have to remember, Mary was just a kid, 14, maybe 15 And involved in the big scheme of God to change everything. Luke chapter 1. While you're turning, remember that we have Christmas Eve service. Here's a surprise. Christmas is next Sunday. So if you thought you had a couple of weeks more to get ready, you're wrong. It's next week. We'll have Christmas Eve service, of course. Then Sunday... Our worship service will be on Christmas Day, 10.30. No Bible study next week, of course, before that. So remember to come and bring friends, bring family. As always, we pray. Pray that this year, that Christ can be magnified. I almost feel guilty being here where it's safe. When I watch our Christian brethren in Ukraine just trying to stay alive, trying to get ready for Christmas, I almost feel guilty living here. We are blessed. I'll give you a few moments to pray. I'll close and we'll look at this passage together. Join me, please. Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for your presence and for this life that we have. We thank you especially for what we have in Jesus. Salvation and forgiveness of sins. The indwelling of your spirit. The hope that endures no matter what circumstances befall. Thank you, Father. We know you love us. You have acted to prove that, to demonstrate your love. We ask, Father for the ability to respond in a way that honors that gift. Give us faith. Give us hope and joy. Not based just on the external realities of this world, but on what you've done within our hearts. Help us to trust you no matter what. We pray for those around the world, particularly those in Ukraine, those in Iran, those in other places that are besieged by war. Work as only you can, Father, to bring peace and joy to those in those lands. We pray this morning that you would be with our nation. We are caught up in the hustle and bustle and shopping spree that is Christmas in this culture. We ask for mercy, for sometimes taking away from the joy of Christmas with things. We ask, Father, it would help us to remember that the reason behind this wonderful season is the greatest gift. We pray for our soldiers and first responders as they will work this holiday season. Be with them, give them comfort and peace, use them to save lives, comfort their families and their circumstances guide our leaders even in this season they need wisdom and guidance Lord work as only you can to bring peace on this earth it is a faint hope in the here and now and yet we ask for your mercies cleanse us of our sin but to trust you and you alone, Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Maybe our video can help you to understand the precious value of the mercy of God. It is a request for forgiveness, it is a proclamation of faith, it is a desperate cry for help. I had this conversation with my granddaughter just this week, we were talking about the mercy of God and I used the phrase, Lord have mercy, and my eight-year-old granddaughter said, you know, why do people say that? I hear that all the time. And in the movies that she'd watched, whatever they were watching, or in her experiences, she's heard people say, Lord, have mercy. So we had a pretty interesting conversation with little minds about what it means to ask for God's mercy. We tend to think it just means forgive us, be nice to us, don't punish us. There is that element. But we have to remember that the word mercy carries with it a lot more than just forgiveness. It means, Lord, help us. It means, Lord, forgive us. It means, God be with us. Lord, have mercy. We tend not to talk too much about mercy. We talk about forgiveness a lot in God's power, but mercy is a concept that we're really not too familiar with in this culture. But in other cultures, it's, it's a bigger term, much more important, much more well used. Follow along with me, if you would. In Luke 1, I'll read verses 49 through 55, still in Mary's Magnificat. Luke 1, 49 through 55, as she talks about the loving kindness and mercy of God. Verse 49, for the mighty one has done great things for me and holy is his name, And his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has exalted those who were humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Israel, his servant, in remembrance of his mercy. As he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his effort offspring forever. Isn't it interesting? Did you see that last phrase in verse 59? No, 54? In remembrance of His mercy. God's mercy is something that causes Him pause. His mercy, you can see it on screen, is a good definition, comes from an old word, chesed, and that's how you say it with that rough H, chesed in Hebrew. It yeah is the new Old Testament equivalent of our term agape. You know what agape is. It's that love of God that is self-giving, self-sacrificial, and limitless. Before the Greek language existed, there were Hebrew. And they said chesed. And it is sometimes translated mercy, oftentimes loving kindness, that's the predominant use. Forgiveness, kindness, love of God, and so on and so forth. So whenever you see the words mercy, or forgiveness, or love, or loving kindness in the Old Testament. It's probably this term. This was the term that Hebrew people used to speak of God's overwhelming character. So God, in His strength and power, had remembrance of His mercy, meaning before He acted in anger, before He expressed His power, His mercy would guide Him it was something that was on his mind you know what I mean by that I'll be honest sometimes when I know I'm gonna have to deal with difficult people I have to choose to act like a Christian anybody do that and I pray okay God I'm gonna deal with this guy today and I know he's gonna push my buttons help me to control my mouth help me to control my temper Help me to be aware of how you want me to act. I do that often. This is how God's mercy worked in his life. No weakness implied. God chooses to allow his mercy, that part of his character, that loving kindness, to be his guiding principle. It could be just power, couldn't it? In fact, as most people Talk about God in His power. In fact, as last week we sang that hymn, Our God is an Awesome God. We like to talk about God's power, probably because it's easy. We understand power. We understand Creator God. Almighty God. God who was bigger than all. The one God. That's easy. Easy enough. But mercy, that's a little more difficult. It's a little more involved. So we sometimes just focus on God's power. And that of course is often expressed in judgment. I said last week that we often talk about God's judgment, but we err when we do that sometimes because God's mercy and grace is his overwhelming characteristic. The prophet said that is what God prefers to do, is give mercy. God has a preference. He would rather bless you than punish you, much like a parent. Or a grandparent, we would rather reward our grandchildren for good behavior rather than swat them on the bottom or take away something or put them in timeout, whatever that means. I'm about giving up on timeout. My grandchildren are readers. And when they go to timeout, they go where their books are. And it ends up they forget because they get wrapped up in their books. And so we want to take away their books, but we don't want to do that either. So I'm about ready to give up on timeout. I'd rather reward them anyway for good behavior, just the way God is in that respect. In Numbers 14, the prophet said it like this, the Lord is slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, forgiving iniquity and transgression. But that doesn't clear the guilty. So we have to remember, we focus on God's love and grace. We focus on his mercy. That's the message we want to talk to with people. But we need to remember That our God is an awesome God, as we sang last week, and judgment can be a part of it. But we want to focus on mercy. Mary understood. So in her Magnificat, remember, she put this together on her journey to be with Elizabeth she had five days was about a hundred miles journey and so this young girl that had spent her life memorizing scripture at home in her homeschooling situation she memorized those passages and so God worked with this young girl knowing what she did about this miraculous child within her so she put this all together and she wanted people to understand not just God's power but his mercy Lord have mercy Not just forgive me, but have mercy. Work as only you can. So she wrote these passages together, showing us that God had to remember his mercy, that it was a guiding light for him. If we can understand more about God, he becomes more relatable. I've told you about my sister. She and her husband live in California, and we disagree on almost everything in life. For all sorts of reasons he's she's Christian he's atheist good guy though anyway they have friends he's a professor USC Riverside good guy all of his friends are professors good guys all and they get together with all these other professor types and I don't know if you know any professor types they're not like us they are brilliant in that group there are many world-class professors who appear before Congress on a regular basis, write the books that people study in universities and things like that. And they and their wives are the elite. And they travel all over the world consulting with governments and things like that. My sister growing up in Missouri is considered kind of an out-of-pocket commoner. And she's very aware of that. She was very uncomfortable the first time they got together at this thing with several other professors and wives. She said she felt so inadequate and felt like they were somebody special. She couldn't really relate to them. But then in the middle of the evening, they were talking about their kids and she related something about how she was struggling with one of her children. And she something really changed, she said. She said these brilliant, difficult people became human just for a few minutes because they talked about their children. They talked about the love for their children. The challenges of their children, their fears about the lives their children might choose. And she said for just a few minutes, they became very human and relatable to her. Out of that meeting came several other meetings and and they've become good friends. And she says they're not near as intimidating as you'd think. They're pretty normal people, but she had to get past that facade of power and brilliance to find out they're real persons. Sometimes if we focus only on the power of God, we can't get to the God who is God. Probably Mary grew up being afraid of God. That's how we usually do it. We talk about God's power. And and again, in Mary's day, because of the Roman domination, the priest would often talk about the coming Messiah and they looked toward the time when Messiah would come and through God's power they would overthrow the Roman government and through God's power they would conquer evil and through God's power they would reign supreme from Jerusalem Messiah would set up reign in Jerusalem and they would rule the world and they focused on God's power a lot so for Mary to grasp the mercy of God was quite unusual God revealed it to her, probably. Maybe that's why he chose her. We can only guess. Lord, have mercy. When you and I grasp the merciful part of God's character, we come closer to knowing him. The fear is taken down. You see, on screen is this idea that in God's mercy and loving kindness, it enables us to face God without fear. Yes, he's almighty God. Yes, he has power of life and death. Everything like that is true. But when you recognize that his overwhelming character is that of grace and mercy, he becomes approachable. Through Jesus we can go before the king. You know, I use that image often because it's what ancient peoples did. They had this image that if you appeared to before the king without representation, he could kill you and would. But we could approach almighty God through Jesus, our mediator. Lord, have mercy. When we grasp the extent of God's mercy, we can begin to understand that God's love and mercy really is central to everything. Everything God is, is a manifestation of His mercy and grace towards us. We have to remember that. It's it's hard. If you're like me, sometimes you try to figure people out by watching how they act. I was watching a kid the other day, one of the childcare kids, one of my favorites, his name's Dean. I remember his name because his mama is Natalie and the boy is Dean. So Nate Dean, wherever you are, that's how I remember them. Dean's a little guy and he's just as cute as he can be, coming into his own as a little two-year-old. Pretty obedient, typically. I mean, a little bit of rebellion, just a little bit, but not much. Mama's really good about it. She gives him wide reign, but she's in control, obviously. Well, the other day it had rained and there was a water puddle. And he got out of the car and he saw that puddle and mama no longer existed. And you know what he did. He ran for that puddle and with his nice clean shoes and his nice clean pants jumped up and down until the puddle was gone because they were soaked up in his shoes and his pants. Mama was standing there, Dean, Dean, Dean. And then she realized he wasn't necessarily ignoring her. She just didn't exist for a few minutes, for a few moments. Because he, he had this thing he just needed to do. She understood. If you and I can grasp a little of God's character, we understand, we do this by watching God's actions. Like I said, we tend to focus on the actions of God in his judgment And those things are true. Something to be aware of. But really, particularly in the Advent season, we're not talking about judgment at all, are we? We talk about the depravity of sinful men, how we are by violence and poverty and abuse. God had mercy, didn't he? Sent his son. Just a baby sent his son, without a protector, sent his son to be cared for, by a young girl, and a guy who really didn't understand the whole process. What kind of God would do that? Well I think the kind of God that would do that, the kind of God that would help a people who were desperate, is a God who wanted to remember his mercy. I have these imaginations sometimes of how God thought. And I think of, scholars call it the holy we. And that means before time began, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit had these conversations. And we don't really know how this happened, but this is how scholars talk. And they would talk about how God would have these conversations amongst himself. You can imagine that. Those three distinct persons of God all the same and they would imagine this is the way people are going to be and and if we give them free will this is what's going to happen and because they were all wise and all-knowing those characteristics we talked about last week he could see into the future they're gonna be a mess and then we'll just have to kill them all and start over and then they remembered their mercies no there's a better way and I imagine this conversation and then God the son saying I'll do it and they talked about the incarnation and Mary and all those kinds of things again that's just the imaginations of a bunch of preachers It's wondered how God came up with all these things in his plans but as he remembers his mercy his Actions are guided, not by anger, not by vengeance, not by those things, but by the way He loves us. That loving kindness. How can I help? What will be the best way to help? What will be the way that I can honor their intellect and free will and at the same time challenge them to step up and change? How will I be able to get involved in their lives and enrich them and bless them without it being just stuff? God's mercy went to work. He remembered us. He remembered his mercy. On screen are a couple of things. The merciful acts of God. I refer to this often. In the fall, hope. Now there's a fancy word there in parentheses, proto-evangelium. That literally means first gospel. In the fall, in that story of the fall when sin entered humanity through Adam and Eve's choice god came and meted out judgment and punishment according to his character but then according to his character that overwhelmed everything else his character of mercy he promised a fix talking to the evil one he said that the seed of this woman you will bruise his head. We bruise his heel, but he will crush you. Meaning, Satan will do his best to destroy Jesus, but Jesus will destroy him on the cross. And that's what happened, isn't it? You see, proto the first gospel was the first time we've heard that Jesus would be wounded, but he would overcome. That's God's Grace and mercy at work. Lord, have mercy. He shall bruise you on the head, and you shall bruise him on the heel. So the first merciful act of God was in the fall. When really judgment is all they deserved. Lord, have mercy. The next slide. The merciful act of God is in our needs and weakness, his provision. A couple of passages. Read these with me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. God's mercy, his loving kindness, his agape for us is worked out as we live this life. And we cry out sometimes when it hurts, Lord have mercy. Maybe it means forgive me. Or sometimes when we say, Lord have mercy, it means will you help me? And sometimes when people cry out, Lord, have mercy, it means, will you help us? And instead of judgment, God remembers his mercy. Yes. And he begins to work his works. Probably. If we wanted to take some time, I could walk around and every one of us could tell a story of... God working and we know that God worked at one time in in one way to do something in our lives we knew it was the hand of God I've never talked to many Christians I haven't talked to many Christians who can't remember anything like that most of us have a time in our lives when we know God was at work Lord have mercy that prayer works doesn't it so this week gonna be a long busy week isn't it you're gonna spend the rest of your money and if you haven't mailed it it's gonna be late probably so better get with it you're gonna eat too much be around a lot of people you're gonna like most of them maybe not all of them you're gonna be tired and cranky and on and on and if somewhere in the middle of all that happiness there's something that's not right Lord Have mercy. In my own large family that will get together, there are several that are struggling with some difficult diagnoses. Lord, have mercy. In my large family, there are some some that have just really done some stupid things and they need forgiveness. Lord, have mercy. And others have these great lies that right now, everything's wonderful. And they're afraid it's not going to last forever. And they're right. Lord, have mercy. That little girl, Mary, had a lot of understanding, didn't she? A lot of wisdom. God gifted her. He used parents who encouraged her and maybe made her memorize scripture to prepare her for this. He used the Holy Spirit. He used people in her life to prepare her for a life of service. And then in that journey where she went to be with Elizabeth, that hundred mile journey, God worked with her and all that to put together these passages about God remembering his mercy. Lord, have mercy. Sometimes it's thank you, I think. This week... Say, Lord, have mercy, because we all have those things. But more than anything else, we have so much for which to be thankful. We will eat. We will sleep comfortably. We will be safe on this earth. And we will celebrate the birth of Jesus. Lord, have mercy. Nate's going to come and lead us in a hymn of celebration this week. Why don't you stand with me as he comes forward. As we sing, celebrate the mercy of God. Would you stand with me please? Jesus, lay down his sweet head. The stars in the sky look down where he lay. The little Lord Jesus asleep on the hay. Mike, would you come and lead us? Remember Christmas Eve service, 5.30, and then Christmas morning we'll be here at 10.30. Thank you. Father, be with us now as we go. and Keep and protect us from harm. And Father, help us to do a special thing this week for someone else that we don't know. Or maybe just put something into the red cups. But just be with us, Father, as we go. In your son Jesus' name, amen.